there, beautiful people. Welcome to Fantasy, the podcast for all those complex and complicated conversations about the gray areas in our lives. Because the Lord ain't done with me yet, I probably would have slapped him back. Jared Hill. Look at that. And I, baby, I'm, 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 I'm still here, here, here. Wow. Uh-huh. My Lord have mercy on me. What? What a moment. What? I mean, a black history moment, if ever there if was ever, one. Shout out to Tisha Campbell. There was one. The legendary <laughs> and iconic. Coming up on the show today, yes, we are talking about the slap heard around the world. Okay, we're going to get into that for our fanti. But first, you know, over the weekend, the Oscars took place, a.k.a. the gay Super Bowl. And baby, the girls were fighting! Did anything happen? Listen, <laughs> like, but we're going to get there, like I said. For our past the popcorn, though, I wanted to spotlight, no, Jennifer Hudson, the one and only queen herself, Miss Beyonce Knowles Carter, okay? Beyonce Knowles, okay? If you know, you know. Who, dripping into this ball yellow-green, majestically and black assily opened the show. Were you watching, Jared Hill? Oh, I was watching, and like... I had also hit the J, so I was watching in an elevated state. And at some point, I realized my mouth had been hanging open for probably 90 seconds. (laughs) I was just like, of course Beyonce is opening these black-ass Oscars. Of course she's doing it from Compton. I was overjoyed. I was just living. I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was so... I I lived. Yeah. I lived. I lived. I live. I loved all the girls with the braids and the beads. The homage, the references. Yes, yes. I just, I loved it. I loved it. So a lot of people have commented that, like, nobody really actually likes the song, right? The song that she was nominated for, from, was it called Be Let Alive me be or clear. something like that? Not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. A lot of people honest. don't like the but song. But that performance was amazing. Right. Well, that's my point. My point here is that, like, a lot of people didn't re- don't really like the song, but, like, everyone is united on the performance. And more and more, Beyonce, she just keeps topping herself. Like, I know, I know the girls be mad at us when we stand Beyonce because, my God, have mercy. But how could you not? How could you not? The the beads references that you mentioned, you know, an homage to young Venus and Serena, the horse in Compton, i.e. the Compton Cowboys, okay? Blue Ivy was in the performance. I mean, come on. The, the fashions, okay? This Ivy Park goes to the Oscars moment. Baby, I need it in my closet. Drop the link, mama. So was there anything that you didn't love? No! Nothing. It was so colored. And I mean that in every which way. Like, it was, it was, it was, oh, my Jesus. I will say this was not my favorite Beyonce hair. But otherwise, everything about this really hit for me. What? I mean, listen, we got, we have to be, we have to give our honest opinions. This was not my favorite Beyonce hair. I mean, to be honest, my favorite I, Beyonce wh- hair is Beyonce, Beyonce at Coachella, half up, half down. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about that, but I always Because you was a Angie bitch. Um, but no, I, have we met? So I, I just thought the performance was amazing. I thought that Beyonce opening it felt like Will Packer said, I'm coming out the gate swinging, <laughs> right? We're opening with Beyonce from Compton on a, on a tennis court all lime green, get your lives. This is how we're starting the show. Um, I want to shout out Will Packer and the whole team over there. One of our friends, Ray Love Jr., who listens to the show and is a part of our team over at NABJLA, uh, was a part of the team that put together the Oscars this year. Not you doing the Black History moment in the A segment, girl. Oh, sorry. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit more later. I just thought there was... I just thought there was so much really, really amazing stuff that happened at the Oscars this year. Let me ask you a question about the Oscars. Um, obviously, our listeners do not come here for um, Oscars prognosticating. However, comma, you know, the girl is an entertainment journalist, honey. You know, one of the big controversies this year was that they did not televise eight of the technical awards, hair and makeup, production design, etc. Um, I think editing they did not air them live, right? They, the, the, the show actually started an hour before the broadcast did, and then they cut down 
the speeches and edited them into the live broadcast. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you as a viewer, as somebody who's not, you know, following this, right? Did it feel weird or odd to you? I did think it felt weird, but I also got that they were trying to be more thoughtful about time and including more awards. I mean, they were still 40 minutes over when they wrapped, right? Like, it was still a very long show. It, it felt weird, but it also felt like a way to make sure that we were including some people who may not necessarily get as much attention. It did not feel weird to me. I thought I thought it was fine. I thought it was great, right? As a, as a viewer, as a regular Deglish Megla viewer, no shade. It was great to see the people who won win, but did I have to see the formal presentation of it, the clip of their movie, their walk up to the stage, and their full speech? No, I didn't. And I thought that I was still able to honor them and recognize them. I just won't say that. I get that. I I I felt similarly, so. But Beyonce carried, carried. Like carried pissed, and carried. Pissed <laughs> all over the stage. Color intended, period. Which probably means you need to drink some water, honey. Or get a mop. Um, uh, my, uh, I, I just want to say, like, I, I thought also when we're thinking about the looks, I loved Serena's look as we're talking about Beyonce. Were there any looks that you really loved or hated? Um, hated? I hate to do this to my community, okay? Okay. But Ricky Thompson. Oh, I missed it. Let me look it up. Google, Go Google it really quickly. I'm just going to say... It wasn't giving, friend. It just wasn't giving. And I blame Billy Porter. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at this look. For me, this isn't an Oscars look, and I don't really know what it does go for. Yeah, I appreciate the edgy fashion, but it has to hit. I thought, like, Kristen Stewart with the shorts and the blazer Period. and the, the jewelry tie kind of thing, that was dope. Period. Laverne Cox looked look great um, in her I didn't little see moment. Timmy Tim Timmy Too Shulamoo. Was shirtless. Wow. That's all I got. Oh, the other thing that I really, really enjoyed. Um, oh, I'm looking at Laverne. Laverne's dress is great. This is a really good look. Fashion um, darling. And shout out to her over, over there at E. I also just want to point out that I loved Regina, Wanda, and Amy. Oh, my hosts. God. Yes. This was the funniest I've ever seen Amy Schumer. Period. Um, for one thing, Wanda always delivers. And Regina, I think people sleep on because I remember being at, I believe it was the American Black Film Festival honors like four or five years ago and Regina hosted it. And I was like, they introduced her and she walked out and I was like, Regina Hall, I've never seen her host something before. And like the next year she hosted a bigger award show and the next year it was a bigger thing. And like, and now she's at the Oscars. And I, I remember watching her that first night and thinking like, She's really good at this, and she killed it. I thought her COVID bit was really good. I thought Amy's set coming out and, like, doing the bit about the different films was really good. I thought they really, really killed it. And I was I was skeptical of the three-host thing, but it was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed them all. They're, even the white woman, it was, it, it, was, it was hilarious. I was deeply entertained the entire show. I love deeply entertained. Like, I was deep. I mean, I also was high on the couch. So, like, you know, that might have also did a little influence. Amen. But I was I was deeply entertained and gripped. Um, and 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 the next moment that we will get into right after the break. What? Is another thing that kept me again, honey. It just grabbed me, honey. It 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 hit me and did not let me go. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna have a fanti like conversation about. The slap. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Here's the thing, y'all. Style is not one size fits all. You got your own style. I got my style. It's all about what suits your body and what suits the moment. That's where Stitch Fix comes in. Whether you need a refined workwear moment, whether you just want some casual basics, Stitch Fix can help elevate your look. You can schedule a fix and a style expert will send you five pieces that fit your style, size, and price range. Or if you prefer to just shop all, you know, willy-nilly, if that's your thing, but you don't want to endlessly browse, you can check out Stitch Fix Freestyle, an online shop built just for you. To get started, you can take a style quiz so Stitch Fix can learn your preferences from your favorite colors to your preferred fits. 
and price ranges. I'll tell you, I'm a fan of Stitch Fix Freestyle because I liked being able to go in and pick out specific things that I wanted, like basics that I knew that would work perfectly in my closet. If you're interested, you can get started by filling out your freestyle quiz at stitchfix.com slash fanti and get free shipping and returns at stitchfix.com slash fanti. Every plate is America's best value meal kit. While most meal kits come with a premium price tag, Every Plate offers delicious dinners that won't break the bank. Every Plate's quality ingredients come carefully packed and pre-portioned, helping you to save money and reduce food waste, like that bag of mixed greens you throw out almost every week. First of all, I'm kind of triggered because spinach, <laughs> it's always me. Choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap out proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. Think of it this way. One meal from every plate is about the same price as one cup of coffee. I will tell you the reason that I love meal plans like this or being able to kind of have everything delivered is the monotony and burnout of trying to figure out what to make every single week when it can just be chosen from a menu of options and delivered directly to my door. I love that because I'll get into the rut of making the same things over and over again. I feel that deeply. I, before I, you know, hopped onto a plane, hopped on the plane at LAX. I had, they sent, one of the meals that they sent were these meatballs with these mashed potatoes, like the mashed potatoes made from from actual potatoes, not like fake potatoes now, you know, not, not the little flakes that you just put water in. Actual potatoes, honey, with some green beans, baby. When I tell you the meatballs were so succulent, okay? They were so delicious. They were, they were who? Succulent. They were so good. They y'all. were suckling? What? Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> get yes. started with every plate for just $179 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering Fanti179. That's everyplate.com code Fanti179. Welcome back to Fanti. It was the slap heard round the world quite literally, and you've heard more than anybody's fair share about Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars by now. There's been no shortage of conversation and think piecing about men protecting their women, about toxic masculinity, about violence following in what I think we're now just calling the slap. That's what I've been calling it and hearing people reference it as. In journalism, we might call this a third day story, right? A way to analyze the broader issues, (laughs) not as much the specific incident. Um, This week, we're getting into the concept of how toxic masculinity looks, how protecting Black women looks, all of the different elements of this conversation that we've been having amongst ourselves and with others. We should let you know we're going to do a bit more of a complex and complicado format here because it's not really a fan and an anti. Travel, before we get into like the various pieces of, of people's conversation about this, what were your top line thoughts on Sunday night when it happened? My top, so this is, you know what? It I am who I am. Uh-oh. And my top line thought, most immediate, was, wow, this is great television. Right? <laughs> like, I, 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 I hate to be that girl, but wow, this is great television. You can't, you can't plan a moment like you this, can't. honey. You can't. You can't. Right? Like, wow, Jesus have mercy. Um, I did think that <laughs> with Moonlight when when the La La Land Moonlight yeah! thing happened. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is a shit thing to happen, but it's really good TV. Now, why all the problems over the last decade got to be with the Negro movies and the Negroes? Who knows? Listen. Who knows? But so that, that was my top line thing. And I will also say it was really odd watching it live. If, you know, if it was real, if it was staged, it was like, it was, it was awkward and you couldn't really know. But then as everyone else came out after, and even with Chris Rock's response to the slapation, it was like, oh, bitch, I don't, I think that was real, honey. Well, so, because Chris has this moment where he's like, "Uh uh-oh, like when Will gets out of his seat. And it's like, something's happening that's not supposed to be happening. But then Will Smith comes on stage and you're like, oh, they're doing something, (laughs) right? You think it's a bit because other celebrities have gotten on their seats and gotten on stage in the comedy bit. Okay, so obviously Will Smith (sighs) got up there and slapped him. I will say that I was, I just finished Will's book. And I was just about to do a book recommendation for Will on my Instagram and like, 
I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that now because I just need to sit with it or like give it a little bit of space. But like, it frustrated me because the book that I just read and like all the work that he's been talking about, he's been doing on himself and all of that kind of stuff. That was just like a moment where I was like, I couldn't connect the book and what I just you saw felt like happened. it was out of character. It was out of character for the book that I just read, out of character for the will that we've always seen. But also, like, I want to be understanding and recognize like the high stress moment, the the pressure, the apparent or seeming history that they have. Like, I get that there's some other things to consider there, but I was just really, really, like, a little let down, disappointed after just finishing the book. You know the great songwriter once said, In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days shooting out something, 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 something. And then a couple of fools got up into the, you know, school in the neighborhood, you know, and he had to go over to Bel Air. Okay, let me, let me... (laughs) Wow. Um, number you know, one. You, you know what I meant, though. You know what I meant, I, right? And so, like, I'm, I bring that up. I know what I was expecting to be said. <laughs> I don't know what you meant. Well, I brought that up, the theme song from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because there is discourse, right, and responses from folks that are like, well, he is from West Philly. Like, you know, that's who he is. So that that's why I bring it up in in kind of complication with what you're bringing what you mentioned so finishing out top line thoughts before we get into the the feedback that we've heard from folks the the last thing i will say is like i probably couldn't have been either one of them right like i couldn't have been will smith because i can't imagine myself walking up getting out of my seat walking up on stage and slapping somebody across the face because i didn't like a joke that they made couldn't have been me but I'm a pretty calm person when I'm angry nowadays. Like, I tend to shut down and get really quiet. That's, honey, we've dealt with that in therapy. But, like, I don't know that somebody would have just been able to slap me across the face and I didn't react. (laughs) I would like to think that maybe, right? But, like, Chris handled that really, really well. Also, Chris is a lot smaller than Will Smith. I don't know how much he was going to do. But I thought that Chris handled getting slapped well. But then... The, the comment about the joke, which we'll have to get into a little bit later. So one of the pieces of feedback that I've been seeing from people that I found interesting was the protect Black women element of this, right? I was surprised in the conversation that I've had with some people. Uh, most immediately, I was talking to a friend on Sunday night, and she was saying how, you know, I get it. And, you know, he wanted to protect his woman and all of this other stuff. And I was like, I mean... I get it, but Jada wasn't, like, in physical danger. Chris Rock was not about to jump off the stage and, like, dropkick her or something. And so I get the protecting of Black women peace, and we do need to see it more. But I don't know that this equates to the same thing. That don't... That math don't math for me. You know, hmm. So I'm gonna sit with that. But I will say that I think for me... The whole protect black women thing. When he when he accepted his award for best actor in King Richard, and he turned his speech into a justification for why he slapped mm-hmm. Chris Rock, right? And that's where, in part, where this protect women, protect my family, you know, invoking the name of Richard Williams and how he fiercely protected, you know, his family. That felt odd to me. And then in addition, the kind of John Q. Public response where folks are like, you know, he protected his woman. He protected his... It's interesting to me, but not for the reasons that you mentioned in terms of the the violence slash uh, Jada not being in any like physical danger type of thing. That is less of, of, of a thought for me because I also, you know very much understand the 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 school of thought formerly known as talk shit get hit listen run up get done up right i get it like like there's a knuck if you buck reference (laughs) that i'm not gonna do right now but like (laughs) i i get that but like also and i've heard other people say this but the love will make you do some crazy things 
it, it felt very, it was giving abusery language, right? Like the ways that people get violent and then like immediately turn around. Oh, well, this was love. And like, I say that as someone who has observed and witnessed a lot of domestic violence situations or talk with people that are involved in violent and domestic violence situations. And like, I, it, it kind of brought some of that up for me. And I was like, I don't know that this is doing what you think it's doing. It, it still felt like, I, I wanted to know what Jada was thinking and feeling, to be honest. And like, we didn't get that. That is the most important thing, right? No matter what Will's language brings up for us individually, no matter how Chris Rock feels about, you know, getting slapped, although those things are also important, we don't know how Jada feels. We don't know. Jada could be, you know, I stand by my man right now. Well, I mean, she stayed there and smiled through the rest of the day like like Will did. And so one of the things that did come up for me with this, though, was if you read Will's book or listen to his story, he talks about how throughout his life he's always felt this need to protect the women in his life because his mom was um, abused by his father, physically abused. And so, like, there's always been this protection of women thing that has been a prevailing theme in his life. And so on some level, I see that happening here, but like this just, it felt too extreme for me. I think as we kind of look at another one of the things that we heard people talk about, it actually kind of reminded me of an episode we did with Sam Sanders back when in episode 10, we called The Reason Black People Don't Eat Chicken in Public about like how black people behave in front of white people, right? And the respectability of it. For me, that wasn't something that I really cared about. and I, But I was also thinking about it through the lens of, like, Will Packer's producing this year. It's very Black. Like, we've got a lot more... We have a lot more writing on this one. But I didn't feel like Will's behavior in that moment or Chris's joke or the way that it was... I didn't feel like any of that really reflected poorly on Will Packer or the production of the show. But I definitely was thinking about how... Whew, tonight of all nights... The other thing I was thinking about was you've been doing a lot. Of I don't thinking, really. Huh? Oh, I mean, a lot. <laughs> but like, I don't really care about white opinions on this, hmm. right? Like, I don't really care what white people have to say about this. And I tweeted about it, and it was interesting to me because, like, the white people that were responding to it, were, some of them were kind of offended and like, "Well, we're all allowed to Child, have opinions." White people and blah, blah, blah. always offended by something. And well, I know they say that. that about. I know they say that say that about us. But like, well, ugh. all things aren't equal. Sorry, sis. But like, I, 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 when saying, I was saying, we have I don't reason care about... to be upset. I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump in and say, we have reason to be upset. Why people just be mad because they be excluded from, from something for once? Well, that plus, like, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. I'm just saying I don't care about it. Big right. Bird. Like, I, and I felt that way the last time I remember feeling this way was when I was on um, I was on the radio every day and Jay-Z had the deal with the NFL and like my co-host really wanted to talk about it. And I was like, I don't care what, about a white woman's perspective on this. Like, I just don't. Right. Like, I don't I don't know that you can. White folks don't have a a calculator to be able to compute how race factors into this. And when I hear myself say that, I can hear white people saying back to me, like, what does race even have to do with it? And that is what I'm talking about, right? You don't, you can't compute what I'm talking about in the way that that race plays here. Well, so I think it's an interesting thing to note that it, when, we're, when we're talking about this, this white audience piece, right? Whether, whether in the ways that you're talking about it or whether in the ways that, like, you know, the stage, the Oscars stage, this national television stage is a white stage, a largely white audience. I hear that in my mind. I just immediately think and, and see the, like, quick attempts by white people to, like, criminalize um, Will Smith so quickly, which was really interesting to, to see them criminalize Will Smith, if I'm not being clear, I'm hitting on a class discussion in addition to, you know, the racialized discussion, right? To see how quickly slash how easily it was for them to go from we're giving this man best actor after award show, after award show, after award show. He is the king 
right, of this award season to so quickly Judd Apatow, he could have killed Chris Rock. Girl. I'm not with you on that. Like, he committed a crime. He slapped someone across the face in, in public. Like, So he should go to he jail? He committed a crime. He should, he should huh? be charged by police? I didn't say that. Okay, I'm and so then that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And also, I do think that there is a necessary, to your point, about the, the lack of racial lens that white people have, I think we should also take in consideration the uniqueness of our Black lens in discussing what is quote-unquote criminal slash a crime and what is not. I get that, and I think that that has validity Because, because, let me say it this way, because if this had not happened in front of the whites, if this had happened in somebody's backyard, I'm not sure that folks, I'm not sure we would be calling it a crime. I'm not sure we would be using that type of language to refer to the behavior that we witnessed. And that's not an appeal to, to remove the, the harm, right, that was done. But I think that that, that is important context that, that we would behoove ourselves to keep in mind. I'm with you, and I don't think Will Smith needs to be arrested or go to jail or any of that shit. What I am saying is, like, context matters, right? If you're at somebody's house hanging out and it gets to a situation where somebody gets slapped, that's very different than doing it in front of the world on international television. Like, it's it's just not the same. But also, like, I hear Black folks talking about how whenever something like this happens, like, oh, this set us back and blah, 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 blah. And, like, that's some respectability shit that I don't use. Like... White people have felt the way that they feel about Black people for 400 years, right? Like, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock didn't do shit to set us back at any at any point. I think that, you know, that is a, a bullshit, like, a kind of a fallacy kind of com- conversation. Okay, so help me out here, because I, I feel like I'm hearing contradicting things from you. You say that respectability, white concerns the setback thing is something that you're not concerned about, right? That, that, that should not and is not your focus. And yet at the same time, you say that in response to me and, and what, and what I say about, you know, how the actions might be, might have been or would have been interpreted and seen differently in the language we would, we would use towards it would be differently if it happened in a backyard. Your response was, but it happened on national television on a national stage, which to me, in my head, that visibility of that stage is the white aspect that you say where you shouldn't be concerned about. So how do you reconcile the two? So I would feel the same way about this if it happened at the BET Awards, right? Like, getting up and slapping a person who is presenting in front of an audience, that is just unheard of, right? Like, when Kanye West got... Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not unheard of. When Kanye West got... Okay, but when Kanye West got up on stage and took the stood in front of Taylor Swift and talked about how Beyonce... That was like, who does that? Entertaining as fuck. And again, really great television, Right? But, like, it does not mean that it makes it okay. Like, Will Smith doing what Will Smith did was wrong, right? Like, and we can debate about whether or not he should was go to wrong? jail or whether he should keep the... I, I think it was wrong. For me, is, that was wrong. That was not appropriate. I, and yet, there are a lot of people, including a one Ian Van Zandt, who thinks that he set a new standard for what it means to protect your woman. Yeah. So, one of the other things that we need to talk about... I. I'm not with you on that. Like, no, no, I'm to not be clear, with you you're or not, Iyanla. You're, it, it's, so I'm not with Ianla, to be clear, okay? I'm also not with the the people who believe that what he did is, is the right way to go about protecting women. What I am saying is that there are other ways to consider what went down that I think it is important for us to, to look at and... I think we would also benefit from being, you know, as consistent as possible in the employment of all of these, you know, concepts that we're talking about. Because to your point um, at the beginning, right, like 
Some people are going to feel one way. People are other people are going to feel a different way. And there's still going to be a third way. Right. That folk. Then you have the folks. Right. Who the co- many comedians that I've seen do it. Right. Who are now concerned about how Will's actions might inspire someone at their show to get up and smack them because they don't like the joke. That's how it's being said. They don't like the joke or they're offended. I would say that I think it's kind of a fair question, though. Like, right, like tensions are high around everything right now whether we're thinking about politics and, and you know, world events, we're kind of on the precipice of potentially being at war. Some would say that we are at war. We've got economic situations happening, race, all war, kinds of different things happening. At war, 16 on the block, 16 on the block. Sorry, that's a song. I forget the artist, but was that Tiffany? Tiffany, I'm going to look it up. Keep going. I just want to, Thank you, you know, so much I just want to annotate what you were saying. Yeah, no, I, I was like, ugh, I wish someone could underscore with a live vocal. And I was just really grateful that you had that for me. Um, <laughs> I just, I, Karina is her I, name. I, Karina. Oh, great. Thank you so much, <laughs> Karina, for your contribution to today's show. The other thing that was interesting to me about this, though, as we're kind of starting to talk about comedians, is that, like, the joke itself, right, from Chris Rock. So, number one, low-key, like, if Jada was doing G.I. Jane 2, I would be in the theater, like, tomorrow, right? Like, give me my pre-order. I'm going to be there because that sounds like <laughs> something I would want to watch. Like, I do. <laughs> and so in the moment, like, I was like, oh, that's that's funny, but also, like, that sounds good. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get why this is, this is not landing, right? Mm. It was interesting to me because, like, we all watched Will laugh, right? And then it cuts away, and then you see Will getting so up. And so clearly you saw Jada's face. So this is the she tea. She was like, mm, she was not feeling it, right? And then Chris Rock says something like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? This is the tea, friend. It was interesting to me because we there's a lot of mixed reports about what the Rock family and the Smith family, what their history is, right? The 2016 um, I believe it was 2016 when the Oscar So White situation happened. Will would have, would have been nominated or I believe was nominated mm-hmm. for Concussion, which I'm the only person who thinks that movie was really good, but I thought it was a really good movie. He, he, was, um, they, he was a front runner, but he didn't get nominated. He I'm was snubbed, right. He was, yeah, he was a snub that year. And there was like the Oscar So White campaign that, you know, was the cover of Variety. And we saw, you know, April Rain and a lot of those things um, kind of growing in that moment. And... Chris Rock had a joke about, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith. Now, I will tell you that the joke was weird. I remember in the moment thinking that the joke was weird. He was talking about Mm -hmm. how they didn't come to the Oscars and, you know, them not showing up to the Oscars was like him not showing up to Rihanna's panties. He wasn't invited. And I was like, that's a little creeper. Little little creeper. I get it. But it was a little, eh. Because of the the panties part. The reality yeah, and panties like, part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, I mean, maybe if maybe if Savage by Fancy had been out by then, it would have felt a little different. But like I I also felt because I was I watched The View for the first time in a while um on Monday morning to see what they were gonna say about it. And I kind of felt what Joy Behar was saying. I was really alive with Sonny Hostin talking about how like this was just inappropriate and like we love Will Smith and we root for him and you know are excited about a lot of things that he's doing. But like I can't get behind you on this. Like this was just wrong. Joy Behar talked about how comics are always asked on shows like that to come out and be edgy and funny and then get slapped in the face, right? Like, for what Chris Rock was doing at the Oscars, I felt pretty clear that they went out, they asked him to go out and do a couple of minutes and then present, right? Which is clearly what happened. He did a couple of minutes, a couple of moments of material and then went to the prompter. Mind you, the the slap wasn't in the prompter, right? But, like, I we've seen this happen time and time again where at award shows, comedians have to come out and say something, be funny, be edgy or whatever, and... I don't know if Chris Rock knew about the alopecia. I keep debating with myself back and forth on whether or not it matters with the joke. But I I think it does matter. I I do think whether he knew or not, that's just like context, right? Like, I don't know if it matters, but like, I do think that that would be important context, right? Because 
it would give us a sense of of intention, right? I will say, I did not know that she had alopecia. I remember her talking about challenges with her hair. I did not know that it was connected to that that she had a disability, right? I d- I did not know. So that's first. Secondly, I think that. It's always interesting to me when folks make the the argument that you say Joy Behar did about like comedians having to be funny and then having to be edgy. Because it always strikes me as interesting at like who is asking you to be edgy? Funny, yes. Who is asking you to be edgy? And maybe it's because we feel like there are comedians out there who are edgy, who are successful. And so therefore that, you know, creates, that reproduces that, that type of concept. But that always comes to mind. And then another thing that comes to mind to me is also that... Can I pause you? Go ahead. Don't forget that thought. The mm-hmm. edgy piece of it, because I don't want to miss that. I think when you ask Chris Rock to come up and do two minutes or a minute or whatever they ask Chris to do... You're asking Chris Rock to do that because you know what Chris Rock does. Chris Rock comes out and sure. says things mm-hmm. about race. Chris Rock is going to offend you. This is kind of like when well, offend I or offend on, somebody. I offend somebody, right? <laughs> or like at least like, like you know, make the hairs on the back of someone's neck stand up. I always think about when Roseanne got asked to sing the national anthem 100 years ago and people were so upset that she sang it the way that she sang it. And it was like, bitch, you asked Roseanne to sing the, the national anthem. What did you think it was going to be? Same thing with Chris Rock. Like, y'all know Chris Rock. You know what he's going to say, what kind of things he's going to do. Now, from what I understand, he didn't, like, run those, run what he said by other people before he said it. But, like, that's kind of the nature of that beast, right? Well, so so here's the thing. I would push back on that with this thing that I was going to say. I think it's also important for us to lay some responsibility in this whole ordeal at Chris Rock's feet. Because... I agree. Because, and, and I, ho- I hope, I don't want this to come off victim blamey or whatever, but, and I hope it doesn't, um, and I shouldn't say but, because, you know, they say when you say the but that, you know, it erases everything that come before mm-hmm. it. So let me do it this way. This is not, I don't intend for this to be victim blamey, period. You said fuck victims. That's what I heard you no, say. No, don't that's do what, that. Stop that's it. What, that's what's going in my book, but go ahead. Oh, period, period at the end of that sentence. I think it's also as important to note that there is some sort of history that Chris Rock is aware of between him and this family. Mm-hmm. Some sort of history that he knows and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith know better than us. And the fact that he came out and still, out of all of them people in that audience, you single her out? You single out a woman who is not a nominee? I questions. that doesn't move me. It, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't have to move you. I'm not trying the, to move you. No, no, no. I get it. But I'm saying like, Will and Jada were literally sitting in the front row. Like, they were literally the first so, people. So in were front ten of the row. other white people. Okay, but he didn't only talk about Jada Pinkett Smith either, right? He talked about multiple people, and Jada was the last one. But like, but he didn't have to. It doesn't. And he knows if you have a history with somebody and you get on this now, stage, on. you have, Jared, if you and I are going back and forth, we have this big fallout, Fanti, you know, blows up in flames because you and I had this fallout, whatever, right? About Will and Chris. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> you go somewhere, eight, t- five years later, 10 years later, I'm sitting in an audience somewhere and you go on oh, stage. Oh, let me be clear. If when I host the 100th Oscars, if you're sitting in the front row and we've had we've had salt, oh, I'm making you're a fan and anti joke. You're coming. Oh my god, there's a complex and complicado joke from the stage. Know that. Oh god, did we just like create a prophecy right now? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? No, but I when I moved to LA, my dream was to host the 100th Oscars. We got some time. Um, no, not fingers crossed. We don't want to have a falling out, Laura. Right. I, Laura's in our comments. <laughs> like, fingers crossed. Um, but okay. like, I mean, you have to go for the thing that's there. And I mean, I don't know what that history is, right? And I don't know what Chris Rock knows about that history. I don't know. We don't know any of that. And we haven't heard that. So it's hard to know um, what that is. I will say... Well, well, just I will say we did hear that 
if I'm not mistaken, we did hear back in 2016 that the Smith clan was not pleased about the joke. We did hear that, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like we heard that recently, like in the last few days. No, no. I, I feel like I, I'm fairly sure I heard that during then. Any, anyway, but that that does that doesn't matter ultimately. But you but I I do I do think that there to your point, there's a lot that we don't know, right? On on all sides. Um, but I will note, and you mentioned this earlier, that like one nobody thinking thinking to reach out and ask Jada, how you doing, girl? I don't yeah, like how I mean, you doing, girl. I the idea of us not censoring a black woman after her being harmed, it's hard to You're imagine. Right. Surprise, that happening, surprise. But it <laughs> <Right>? did. Exactly. <laughs> um in America, never. But she like did, I, she did I, do an IG post I want to just read out really quickly. You know, one of those one of those, you know, textured text things. And she said, This is a season for healing, and I'm here for it. Which sounds like to me. We gonna get a red table talk episode, honey. Oh, so my thing was like, which one of them does the interview circuit first, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but we've also seen that Chris Rock's ticket sales because Chris Rock is on tour or is heading out on tour, which is the first thing that I thought about when I was thinking about what happens with him. He's on tour. They said that his ticket sales have skyrocketed, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm like, I I've always been a Chris Rock fan. I feel like the comedy lately has not been as good as it used to be to me. It doesn't resonate with me now as much as it used to, but like it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I would imagine Will and Jada are going to be at that red table. I think it's going to get interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks. Last thing I want to know is what you think should happen. I keep wondering if they're going to try to take the award away. I I think that happens. Again, we tape the show on Tuesday, right? But like, I think if that happens, it happens this week. And I don't think that they should do that, but I also couldn't blame them. But they've also let a lot worse shit slide than this, right? Like when we were in production, you were talking about, they just took away Roman Polanski. <laughs> Roman Polanski's Oscar. I don't even, th- I don't even know if they Let took it away. Into. I don't even think they took it away. Um, Harvey Weinstein, um, what's the other one? Woody Allen. I'm fairly sure that they all still have their Oscars despite, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> infraction. I don't, I don't want to call it infraction because I don't want to min- minimize the harm that those men did. But like, you know, and, and, and those things, right, to me, and I hate to hierarchize higher, violence higher, and whatnot. Ooh. Hi, hi, your archives. I don't want to, I don't want to, okay, let me rephrase. I don't want to put stuff on a ladder. I get that. Of like, what's most most violent to le- least violent, but an open-handed slap? As opposed to Come the things now. that we've heard these men accused of, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, Harvey Weinstein, sure. Certainly not the same. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. We also do know that Diddy... Um, who came out on stage right after that, um, did come out and say like, oh, let's make it up at the party (laughs) um, afterward, which I think was JNB's party, um, and did say that they had made up and that they're, quote, brothers and whatever all that means. So I don't know. I I guess the last thing I want to ask is like, how much of a pass is Will Smith getting because he's black? I don't think he's getting a pass because he's black. I do think that some black people have a different concept of what they saw because he is black but i don't think they're giving him a pass because he is black and i don't i don't think anybody i i, I also don't think he's give being given a pass like i i feel like more most of the conversation i've seen is more complex and complicado than it is all all on one side I mean, but that could just be my timeline. Well, I've been I've been intrigued by the feedback from black women about this. I've seen some black women saying like they were really upset about it. And then some black women were Ianla, right? We're saying like, you know, this is the new standard. And it's like, this is the new standard. Like I've seen the wide range and it's been really intriguing. I feel like I've I've not seen something like this where there was such a variance of opinion from one person to the next in a long time. So that was what made this actually really interesting to me. Yeah. So I was doing and I the did open wanna... mouth thing. It's like, I think I have <laughs> one more thing to say. I did. Well, I did want to just also point out the, you mentioned this earlier and I want to reiterate it, that like 
we should be protecting black women period yes and we should be seeing more visible forms of that is what will did actual protection mm. that is the question it's a good question and no i think that's William a good place it's a great okay between william shakespeare and Jennifer Hudson with Spotlight. There's a lot of no's happening today, and I can't. Listen! We want to hear from y'all. The people who know, they know. Okay? And the people who don't... Listen, we know. We want to hear from y'all. Hit us up on social media using the hashtag (laughs) FansiFam. We're on Twitter and Instagram at FansiPodcast. Coming up, why y'all hate us so much and listener feedback, or actually, I think you liked us this week, and our dishonorable mentions. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Hi, I'm Biz host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Welcome back, beautiful people. We're going to get into our listener feedback segment right now. And we've got an email from Bree. This is in response to the Fat Phobia episode that we did last week featuring the one and only, the legendary Deshaun L. Harrison and the equally legendary Amber J. Phillips, a.k.a. Amber Abundance. Bree says, I'm a large, fat, black woman. I'm a social worker, a therapist to be specific. And I had feelings with a capital F about the double chin comment when it was first made, about the original response to the letter, and about this episode. This episode was wonderful, and I will be following your guests as they had so many fantastic things to say. I think they really got to some of the most important points. One thing I did not hear addressed was y'all's concern about, quote, can't I make comments about my own body without someone calling it an ism or an obia? If I may make a comparison that I have heard several times, and I don't think it's unlikely that you have heard either— If you heard a lighter-skinned person commenting on, oh, I'm getting so dark, I'm going to stay in the house more so I don't darken up too bad, would you not see the problem with that? There will always be people hurt when when your worst fear is to look like them. I won't go on and on about how fat phobia is tied into anti-blackness since I know your fantastic guest spoke at length about it, but I just wanted to throw that piece in. Intentional weight loss, the whole industry and mindset of I want to be far from fatness is very similar to the mindset of I want to be far from blackness that permeates society through colorism. Just some food for thought. So, Brie, number one, uh, you uh, said that we never got to a question um, about the original response. I will tell you just peek behind the curtain. Travell and I had like a whole script of questions that we wanted to ask, and I don't think we asked any of them. I don't think we got to and any of them. And whose fault is that? Yours. But, uh, well, wow. really, really wow. Amber and the, Deshaun. The, the Amber, but, but anti-blackness. We were just talking about this. Jerry. No, no, no. I was leaning more into the transphobia in this moment. I just wow. want to be clear. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it. Somebody, this is Jared, in five story. years. Listen, in five years, somebody's going to come and chop that hoe up. Jesus. And they're going to get you. This will be what I reference from the Oscar stage. I'll be like, <laughs> and I'm feeling particularly transphobic this evening. Um, I Girl, wanna... 
canceled. <laughs> All right. But I also want to shout you out for being in the front row at the Oscars in this scenario, too. Get into it. Period. Don't, don't miss Period. it. Don't miss it. Fall in. Um, yeah, so there were a lot of things that we wanted to talk about in the episode that we didn't get to. And, Brie, I think your point is well taken about, like, being able to criticize one's own body or one's own situation in a way that disparages other people. My feelings about this are still really all over the place, but last week's episode with uh, Amber Deshawn was really, really fantastic. I thought their perspectives were just amazing, <laughs> which is why we didn't get to questions because we were really just kind of like letting them lead it. So, And also, you know, I, I, I also had to remind myself this because I was up, I told you, I was like, it was a great conversation. It was wonderful, but we didn't get to know questions. And I was very upset. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, we but, were like, we were all, we were up against a, a tight, hard time constraint. I yeah. was like, do we do a second episode? Like, we were trying to figure it out. Yeah. So. But I did want to say that, like, you know, this work for, for us as individuals, for us as a broader community, a Fanti fam, and even bigger society, right? It's a continual thing. Right. And so like there will be more opportunities for us to, you know, work through how fat phobia shows up in our lives and anti-blackness shows up in our lives, you know, in, in future episodes. So but thank you so much for this letter, Brie. Now it's time for our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories or people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out either for their good or their foolishness. Jerry. Um, I just want to shout out Quest Love, who I think kind of got uh, overshadowed by the Will and Chris moment. Um, I'm Almost positive that I shouted out the documentary last year. Uh, Summer of Soul is on Hulu. If you have not seen it, it is a fantastic documentary. Um, and I just remember watching that documentary. Again, it's been out for probably close to a year now. Well, I mean, almost that, um, considering it was nominated for an Oscar this year. But it is one of those things that, one, was like a beautiful thing to watch of, of the concerts that were happening uh, in New York City back then in Harlem. But also, it was frustrating because I remember it highlighting for me again, like, sometimes I get frustrated with myself when I learn Black history that I didn't know. And I've had to, one, acknowledge to myself that, like, oh, you don't know this because it wasn't taught anywhere. And, like, this specifically, like, this concert series that happened was quite literally hidden from us for 50 years, right? Like, tucked away in boxes. The the footage was tucked away for years and years. So I just want to give a shout-out to Questlove and say that the documentary is really fantastic, and congratulations on winning this Oscar. Also, Samuel L. Jackson just won um, his first Oscar, I believe, with the Governor's Award. Honorary Oscar. Yeah, the Honorary Oscar. Um, um, And uh, Sam Jackson has always been, like, when I play the game of, like, who are your characters from Inside Out, Samuel L. Jackson is always anger for me. Um, we have to do anger and sadness and and disgust and fear and all those things. I've always said Samuel L. Jackson was anger for me. Um, but, like, I just, I'm I'm really happy for those folks that, that got to make history. Interesting. Yeah, it has to be an angry black man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, said it, not me. I, I, I can will see it happening say, on your face. I will just say, you know, also a shout out to Samuel L. Jackson. You know, he is one of the names that, you know, when I tell folks about the great graduates of the one and only Morehouse College, I often say Spike Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, and yours truly, in addition to Martin Luther King Jr., obviously. Did you know, reportedly, I think he has verified this, he locked board of trustees members in a building on Morehouse's campus when he was a student. Badass. Um, I mean, <laughs> look up if the anybody history, would, And, and probably was like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Because, you know, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, what you got for right. honorable mentions? All right, I just have one honorable mention. Um, I guess it's an honorable mention. On today, if you're listening to us on Thursday, this is Trans Day of Visibility. It also is the final day of Trans Week of Visibility and Action. If you don't know what that is, Go to trans underscore week on Instagram. It was and is a seven-day campaign founded and started by Raquel Willis and Chase Strangio to get people activated against anti-trans bills in various different states. And anti-trans Oscar host comment jokes. (laughs) Well. To be clear. Wait, who had an anti-trans joke? Me. Pay attention. Keep up, sis. Oh. 
Girl. I need you. Wow. Look at me. What? Look at me. That, look was, at me. A, that was a bad callback. My I, God. I think the people work. at home got it. The people got it. <laughs> they did. Anyway, Treads Week of Visibility in Action. Um, please check out a conversation that I had with Raquel Willis on Sundays, this past Sunday's episode, or excuse me, this past Monday's episode of What a Day, where we talked about the week. We talked about how you can support um and get involved with um some of the the trans-related issues in either in your state, because listen, a bulk of this of the states are considering debating going through anti-trans bills right now. So the likelihood that you are in a state that is debating an anti-trans bill is super high, actually. So check that out to figure out how you can get involved. And I think you have one more, Ninja. Yes, I want to shout out Ariana DeBose, who is the second Latina woman to win the Oscar for Supporting Actress. The odd part of that is... The other Latina actress who won, won for playing the same role in West Side Story. And it's it's odd. It's Rita Moreno. And, like, it's just odd to me that that has happened the way that it has. But also want to celebrate Ariana DeBose, uh, a queer woman who looked amazing, gave a really beautiful speech. Like, um, I've not seen it, but now I'm going to watch West Side Story. I've not seen either one of them. Don't judge. Also, I'm not really tripping if you're judging. That's it. It's time for us to get into... Black history is happening every day. Yes, yes, yes. Jared mentioned it earlier, but we are giving it to Will Packer and the entire Will Packer Productions team for the first time in history this year, an all-Black production team was tasked with the job of pulling off television, movies, biggest, not, not television. I mean, I guess it's some TV shows, you know, pop in, slide in, you know, long form or whatnot. Okay, I'm going on a ramble now, so I'm going to circle right on back. Movies, biggest night. Hollywood's biggest night. <laughs> so shout out to Will Packer, the entire team over there. Me either, honey. But it was super entertaining. I'm sure, I'm sure that the slap her around the world also probably made it one of the highest rated ones, maybe. I don't know. We'll see soon. We'll see the story soon enough. But baby, my God, have mercy on me. If not highest rated, it definitely will be one of the most talked about Oscars in history. And part of that is because you, Will Packer, got that conglomerate of people into that room in that particular way. And you know what? Kudos to you. Well, I will say that according to Variety on Tuesday, the headline says Oscars draw 16.6 million viewers soaring 58% from last year's historic low. Period. Which is also interesting because 16.6 million viewers being 58% higher is still really small if you compare to what the Oscars ratings used to be back in the day. So that's interesting. But um, congratulations to Will Packer, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer for, for a big show. Before we go, if this conversation piqued your interest and you want just, just a little bit more of this here. Good, Oh, how dipsy of you. Check out other episodes that have a related conversation. We name-checked this one earlier, so I'll give it to you. Episode 10 with Sam Sanders uh, on the show when we were talking about eating chicken and watermelon. It was, actually ended up being a really interesting conversation in a way that we thought it was going to be funny, and it was a lot more interesting than we even expected. So go check out that episode, episode 10. We thank you all so much for listening. We ask if you're in in Apple Podcasts right now listening to us to give us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, what you love about it, why I'm your favorite, what you don't like about Travel, all of those kinds of things. If you have a comment or a suggestion, wow. would you not? Okay. If you don't want that, we can let them know. We are so close to leaving. And you are just carrying on. Like you ain't got no home training. I'm I'm carrying like Beyonce at the Oscars. We are on social media at Fantai Podcast. Now that's how you do a callback. Ow, yes! bitch. <laughs> Woo. 
Honey, we, it, it's been work bringing the comedy this week. Um, hit us up on social media at Fantai Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Use the hashtag Fantai Fam. Or you can shoot us an email to Fantai at MaximumFun.org. And if you would like to become a financially contributing member of the Fantai Fam, you can join by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. It's super simple, honey. Our music is always brought to you by the one and only Corice. That's C-O-R dot E-C-E. Wherever you get slay where the audio and our graphics are done by the wonderful folks over at the Moonhouse creative led by the one and only Ashley Wen. Our social media is handled by Melba Martinez and our edit is by Will Hagel. Our producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned audience supported okay the fact that you will slip into that song at any given moment <laughs> i'm gonna add that to the list fantasia cheetah girls uh chicken and hairspray references like that is 90 percent of your personality the other 10 percent is hair wow hair and lipstick wow <laughs> the disrespect but also true to not you. wrong not wrong <laughs>